I want you to know a profound truth. Behind every mask is a beautiful person. Amen, Stu? And thank you, Pastor Sue, for inviting me to come and uh, share the Word of God this morning. Of course, my husband and I are part of this church. Will you stand with me for the uh, reading of God's Word? It's based on Acts 27. I can see that our voyage is going to be disastrous and bring great loss to ship and cargo and to our own lives also. But the centurion, instead of listening to what Paul said, followed the advice of the pilot and of the owner of the ship. We took such a violent battering from the storm that the next day they began to throw the cargo overboard. On the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued to rage, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. After the men had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, you should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete. Then you would have spared yourselves this damage and loss. Fearing that we would be dashed against the rocks, they dropped four anchors from the stern and prayed for daylight. Let's pray. Almighty God, we are so grateful this morning that you are the way maker. In these very difficult times, we have seen the hand of God over and over again. And Lord, our confidence and hope is in you. We thank you today, God, for who you are and that we can trust in you. Be with us now, Lord, as we look into your word and are guided by it. Amen. You may be seated. Well, what a year this has been. Tornadoes, hurricanes, hailstorms, COVID-19, storms that are threatening, angry, storms that are very uncertain. They create loss. Acts of nature cannot be controlled. But there's other types of storms that impact us emotionally. So how do we navigate those storms? Can we find hope in the middle of our chaos? Yes, we can. Storms are part of our lives, as we all know. They often come very unexpectedly. We don't know how long they'll last. And many times, they leave a trail of destruction and sometimes irreparable damage. Now, we may not have endured the intensity of the storms like the hurricanes that are friends to the south in Louisiana and Florida and Texas endure. However, probably all of us here today have experienced emotional storms, relational storms, cultural, family, personal storms that have impacted our lives. What do some of those emotional and relational personal storms look like? It could be the death of a loved one. It could be that someone is diagnosed with a life-altering illness. It could be racial 
injustice, which we certainly hear a great deal about today, can also be gender injustice, loss of employment, you may be the victim of a crime, perhaps you've been betrayed by a spouse, by a partner, by a friend, maybe you just discovered that your child is on drugs. Then there's other storms like domestic violence, divorce, and all kinds of things that can just create chaos in our lives. Regardless of the type of the storm or the intensity, there's always collateral damage. People always get hurt. We may feel very abandoned, we may feel frightened, we may feel judged, we may feel just totally misunderstood. Because when storms come and we all face them, have you ever questioned, does Jesus care? Does my family care? In fact, does anyone care? Or perhaps you've also said, God? Does he care? Where is this God when we really need him? The Apostle Paul addressed the reality of storms in the book of Acts. He gives us some practical insights, some practical lessons on what not to do as well as what to do. That's why that as a, as a pastor, as a human being, I can stand here today unapologetic. And I know, Pastor Stu, you, from your preaching, you'd say the same, that even though the Bible was written years ago, it's relevant today. And the life lessons that the Apostle Paul has are relevant. When troubles come, it's like a storm that rushes into our lives scatters our emotions, rearranges our plans. It devastates our private world, our dreams, our hopes. But an unchangeable truth that God wants us to hear today is that he is a shelter. He is an anchor in the time of storm. Acts 27, 22 I urge you, keep up your courage, because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Pastor and author Chuck Swindle said, what seems frustrating and wrong and unfair is not the end of the story. It's only the end of the chapter. What a great response to tough times. This is but a chapter. It's a season in our lives. It's really not the end, even though it can feel like it's over. This is it. It's, that's done with. No. When you have an ending, it's but the entrance of a new beginning. So keep that in mind this morning. Whatever you're going through, it's a chapter. It's a season. But it's the entrance of a new beginning. How do I know? Isaiah 43, 19 says, see, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. 
Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. So then why do tough times come into our lives? Well, here are four possibilities. That's good, Nazarene, four points, right, Pastor Stu? First of all, because of disobedience. Now, we don't like to think about that, but verse 10, Paul had warned them that trouble was coming, but they didn't listen. Sometimes we are warned by others or we're warned by that still small voice of God not to do certain things or not to go a certain place. But out of stubbornness, out of our desire to fix something, out of our desire to, I'll do it my way. Every time I hear that song, you know, there's kind of a bit of stubbornness in there, isn't there? But rather than wait on God and trust God, we will set sail only to find ourselves shipwrecked. Secondly, other people can cause storms in our lives. Some people feel in, seem to be intent on making life miserable for others. They spread rumors. They're primarily only interested in themselves. They may be narcissistic, controlling, manipulative. They use people to get what they want. One minute you can feel very, very safe with that person, only to discover that there's a raging tornado happening inside them, and you're going to be the blunt of that tornado. Be careful of toxic people. They can cause great storms in our lives. The third thing we see is some storms come when people listen to the wrong expert. Verse 11, the apostle Paul had warned them not to set sail, but the centurion chose to listen to another expert. Now, Paul was an experienced traveler on the seas, as we, have, we would know from reading through the book of Acts. He knew the dangers. But the centurion didn't listen to Paul. Instead, he listened to the chief sailor. Can't you just hear Paul saying in verse 21, I told you so. How many of us have heard our parents say that? I told you so. Now, we knew they weren't right. But later on, as we get older, we think they were right. But sometimes it's not just parents. It might be teenagers, one telling the other. You should have listened to me. Don't do that. If what someone is telling you does not correspond with the word of God, does not correspond with his principles for living, and it contradicts your beliefs, your values, your personal integrity, then do not set sail. Listening to the right expert can literally save your life. The fourth thing we see is God sometimes allows storms. Now, he doesn't cause them, but he will use a storm for his purposes. Genesis 50 and 20. You meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. In the hands of God, intended evil becomes eventual good. Something beautiful 
something good. All our confusion, he understood. You going through a storm? What Satan means for evil, God can and will turn it around for his purposes and his glory in his time, in his way. Charles Stanley, the author of a book called How to Handle Adversity, he said, adversity, regardless of the source, is God's most effective tool for deepening your faith and your commitment to him. The areas in which you're experiencing the most adversity are the areas in which God is most likely at work. It's in the tough times that true character is revealed, that true character is shaped, that true character is developed. So then how should we respond when tough times come, when storms come into our lives? How should we respond? Well, before we look at the positive, let's look at a couple of negatives that we can learn from Paul. It's things not to do. You see, our innate nature along with emotional exhaustion, can cause us to default to poor choices. You can drift aimlessly and give up hope, verses 15 and 20. That's a typical response for people who are hurt, people who are disappointed, people who are under pressure. Some people will let, let go of their goals, let go of their values. They'll compromise their morals, their integrity, their ethics. They'll compromise their personal boundaries. They drift in a sea of hopelessness. The second thing not to do is throw things overboard. Verses 18 and 19, like the sailors, people will often throw out things of value. They get offended, they get bitter, they get angry, they may withdraw from others, they may become very, very impulsive, they may abandon their family and abandon their relationships. So what do they do? They blame God. They throw their faith overboard. They may give up caring for personal health and hygiene. Some will even give up going to church Work ethics may become compromised. People may take on a so what attitude. So then how should we respond when tough times come? When storms come into our lives? Because they do come. And there's probably people sitting here today. There's storms raging inside you. Others may know about it. Others may not know about it. So here's the hope we have. Four anchors. The Apostle Paul talks about the anchor of practical encouragement. Verses 33 to 37. The Apostle Paul encouraged them to eat, and they were calm in the middle of the storm. Why? What changed? Did they have nice, fresh cinnamon rolls? 
Did they have tacos? They ate? No, there's a bigger lesson in it than that. It wasn't just what was happening in their stomach. Something was happening in their head and their heart. It wasn't their circumstance that changed. It was their attitude that changed. The apostles' trust in God brought about a new perspective. And so he encouraged them. He was still in the midst of the danger, but he encouraged others on the boat. This morning, I would encourage all of us, and those of you who are watching online as well, surround yourself and listen to those who have a positive influence and encouragement for your life. And also take time to show others that you care. You can be in the midst of a storm like the Apostle Paul was on that ship. But he also took time to care and encourage others. I heard a story about a freshman in high school named Mark. And you may have heard this story. Mark was walking home from school one day when he saw a very awkward, nerdy kid named Kyle. And Kyle was carrying an armful of books. And then Mark saw this other group of kids who were harassing and bullying Kyle. He knocked, they knocked the books out of Kyle's arms and he fell down and his glasses went flying. And then Kyle was trying to find his glasses and Mark could see the sadness in his eyes. And Mark felt compassion on him. And Mark started to help Kyle. Kyle's face lit up with a smile. Little did Mark realize just how grateful Kyle was. Mark helped Kyle pick up the books, walked home with him, invited him to join them playing football on a Saturday. He got to know Kyle. He took time to get to know Kyle. And soon the other friends also got to know Kyle. And they realized Kyle was an okay guy. So Mark and Kyle, they remained friends. And then Kyle went on to university. He studied at Georgetown University. And when Kyle was graduating, he was a valedictorian of his class. And so he invited Mark to come to that graduation. Kyle was very, very nervous about making a speech. And once again, his friend Mark was sitting right there, and he said, he said to Kyle, hey, big guy, you'll be okay. So Kyle began his speech, and he said, graduation is a time to thank those who helped you make it through, who helped you make it through the tough times. Your parents, teachers, siblings, maybe a coach. And then Kyle looked at Mark, and he said, but mostly a friend. And then he said, I'm here to tell you that being a friend to someone is the best gift that you can give. And then Kyle's went on. He said, I'm going to tell you a story. Mark looked up at Kyle with disbelief as Kyle began to tell the story of the first day that he met Mark. Kyle said it was on that day that he had actually planned to kill himself. He talked of how he had cleaned out his locker because he didn't want his mother to have to do that after he was dead. 
And then Kyle looked over at Mark and gave him a big smile. And he said, thankfully, I was saved. My friend saved me from doing the unspeakable. Little is much when God is in it. Labor not for wealth or fame. When you do little things, you have no idea the difference it might make in someone's life. Kyle, the class valedictorian, told the audience about his weakest moment. Kyle's mom and dad looked at Mark and gave Mark a grateful smile. Not until that moment did Mark realize the depth of practical encouragement. Take time to care. Take time to be nice to someone else. You have no idea the difference that could make in someone's life. Never underestimate the power of your actions because in the middle of someone's storm, that one small gesture could change their entire life. You want to know how to navigate through the tough times in life? Help others on their journey. Secondly, the anchor of persistent faith. Verse 44 says, they used planks and pieces of the ship and everyone reached land in safety. You see, they didn't focus on what they couldn't do, but they kept focused on what they could do. They focused not on the obstacles, but they focused on the opportunities that were still there. And they reached land safely. Persistent faith. Never give up. The third thing we see is Paul anchored in God's presence, verse 23. The presence of God doesn't mean that storms won't come, but it does mean that God's stabilizing presence will see us through the storms of life as we keep anchored to the word of God. A couple of weeks ago, Pastor Stu talked about knowing Jesus in a personal way. That is one of the most important anchors that we can have. And may I say that's good advice from an expert we can trust. The psalmist said in Psalm 91 that he who dwells in the place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. God alone is our refuge, our shelter in the time of storm. A friend of ours sat in a courtroom and watched a video of her son being kidnapped by three men and later brutally beat Trevor to death in September 2016. I'll never forget that day. They murdered her son. Trevor had made some bad choices with drinking, drugs, some illegal activity. But as a child, his mother had faithfully taken him to church. And as a pastor, 
Trevor and I had many conversations about how he was living. But he didn't always listen. He wanted to live life his way. But I knew his heart. And his mother knew his heart. And we never gave up praying for him. When Trevor was in trouble, he would always remember the word of God. He'd often call me and say, Doc, pray for me. When Trevor said, Doc, pray for me, I knew he was in trouble. But he never forgot that his mom had also sown the word of God into his life. Several weeks before he was murdered, Trevor had made a decision to turn his life around. And he tried to separate himself from some really bad dudes. But sadly, they hunted him down. They kidnapped him. They beat him so severely, it caused life-ending brain trauma. In the midst of such horrific grief, that mother still turned to God. Three men destroyed Trevor's earthly life, but God received his soul. His mother said at the funeral, we have placed our son in the arms of God who has calmed the storm. Now, I don't know if any of you here in this room have gone through anything like that or those of you who are watching online have experienced such loss. But check your anchor. This mother in the midst of such horrific loss, and I've watched that video over and over myself, and yet she could say, we placed our son in the arms of God and he calmed the storm. That is truly where our hope lies. And even though her son was dead, Sherry said to those who killed her son, I don't hate you because my heart has so much love for my son. There's no room for hatred. God's presence is a powerful and comforting presence beyond our understanding. And then the last anchor, the anchor of God's promises, verse 22. In the midst of every difficulty lies opportunity. As I said earlier, don't confuse a season for a lifetime. Even our trials have an expiration date. You will grow. You will learn. Life will change. The storm will end. The sun will shine again. And God will always have the final word. An old seaman once said that during the fiercest storms, the only way that a ship can survive is to keep its nose pointed to the wind. If you try to turn to the left or the right, the ship may capsize. But if you try to run from the wind, the waves 
will surge over the stern. That's good advice for us today. Whenever you're in a storm, don't turn away from God. Don't run from him, but instead look straight toward him and stay anchored in his promises. Never quit. Never give up. So how do you navigate the storms of life? Where is our hope? Knowing God, knowing his word, trusting him, surrounding yourself with wise counsel. And you know, I've got to stop there for a moment. Because I have a strong sense there's either someone right here in this room, or perhaps you're watching online, and um, you've surrounded yourself with bad counsel. And you know you're listening to the wrong voice. And God's stirring in your heart right now. You need to be listening to wise counsel. Listen to those who really care about your soul. Never compromising. How do we navigate the storms? By encouraging others rather than just being focused on self. Life is not just about you. We navigate storms by not throwing our values and beliefs overboard. And we navigate the tough times by being persistent in our faith, staying anchored to God and his promises. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on to our own understanding, but in all our ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct our path. On Christ, the solid rock, we stand. I'm going to close in prayer, and as I am, invite the worship team to come and just be prepared. Let's pray. Lord, we are so grateful today that the word of God still speaks. The lessons are still there for us today. Lord, there may be those right here in this room or those who are watching online. Your life is a mess. You're in a storm. You've been throwing things overboard. You've been listening to the wrong sources. But then you see the positive that the Apostle Paul said, but actually try having persistent faith, encouraging others, living in the presence of God. So Lord, thank you for your reminder this morning that we can trust you because it is on Christ, that solid rock we stand. And Lord, for those who are just shaking in their faith and just not sure where they are standing, let this be the day that they will declare, I'm choosing to trust God. Put my faith in God. And God, we just thank you for who you are and that you've never and will never give up on us. Amen.